Blog Talk Radio. Well, I was expecting to be on air yesterday, and, well, we all know how that works. But I'm here. I'm here today. I'm actually showing up. Um, actually, my cast would be really happy to hear this. I'm not only in my pajamas, in the middle of my kitchen, but I'm actually wearing love from top to bottom. I have a love tank top. I have a love pair of shorts on, and I'm in my pajamas, and I'm relaxing, and I'm in the kitchen interviewing one of my casts. How exciting is that, right? So before I put him on the line, I have a bunch of really super fast work-related sort of stuff that I have to talk about before we start. So first of all, in case any of you missed it this morning, I just posted up the actual written review. Um, you might all remember that I interviewed Phil Donman last week. Well, his film, a little bit of film called High and Outside Film, I actually wrote my physical review, and I'm so thrilled and elated, and I, I won't lie to you. This is one of my favorite reviews. Excellent actor. Excellent film. So I started off putting it on one of four publications. So if you go to my Facebook page, if you go to my Instagram, if you go to my Twitter, just go to me. Literally just Google me and you'll see the review. It's out there. Please check it out. Please check out Phil Donlin as well. Absolutely wonderful film. Reminder to everybody. Yes, that's right. I'll be back in New York tomorrow. Imagine that. Shocker. Yes, I'm going to be part of the Golden Door Film Festival, crossing fingers and praying. And yes, he is. I'm almost 100% sure listening. My dear beloved John Gallagher is premiering Sarah Q on Friday at 7 o'clock. If you don't have tickets for that, you should have tickets for that. Why? Because I have tickets already and I'm going. So then you get a double whammy. You get to meet him. You get to meet me. You get to see a good film. That's on Friday. But if those of you cannot make it on Friday, a special request I have Sunday, Colin Gerard, a little short film I showed at my festival called Eli. I can't even begin to talk about how much I adore him. He is my number two. He's my number two John Gallagher, basically. So please, if you can, four to six, the immigrant section for Golden Door Film Festival, please, please go support. Relative to my Los Angeles Film Festival, which is, of course, out of the live Los Angeles, as you might all know, I've already changed the date to the weekend of November 9th. What does that mean for you filmmakers? Well, you got lucky. Why? Because you get to submit longer. Artisalivefilmfestival.yolasite.com. If you go to the Los Angeles section, you'll be able to submit. If by some chance you cannot get that to work or it's dysfunctional or whatever the case may be, go to Film Freeway, Art is Alive, Los Angeles. Reminder to everybody, shorts and features only up to 90 minutes. I'm taking TV pilots that are up to 60 minutes, and I'm accepting music videos up to 10 minutes. Obviously, the format's a little bit different than New York, but it's kind of basically the same sort of thing. Super excited that James Morrison is going to be on hand for that. Super excited that Cal Matson is going to be playing music there. Super, super excited. If you live in Wisconsin and you want to come hang out with me and even more importantly do my movie, please come do my movie. Why? Because I'm stuck. I need two men. I need one woman. It is 28 to 55. If you are looking to audition, if you're looking to meet me, if you want to do the film, if you want to help, if you want to volunteer, if you want to give me money, Okay, just thought I'd try that. 28 to 55. My email is cin4251 at gmail.com. Don't want to forget, if you want to see me, mid-October, I'm covering the NAB convention in New York City. If you want to see me in L.A., I can't talk today. September 28th to September 30th, I'll be in L.A. I will also be auditioning for some game show. Woohoo! I know I should be excited, but I'm really not. Last but not least, the most important thing is, because I will not be available this weekend, Doors Open Milwaukee is going on this weekend. That's an opportunity for all of you to go out and meet various businesses in the area. It just so happens that one of my cast members, Tom Newhouse, owns Newhouse Pianos on Greenfield Avenue. Please, 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 please. Go see him. Send 100 people to go support him. Just go see him. Go see all the various businesses in Milwaukee. They work very, very, very hard, and they get very, very little attention sometimes. So please make it a point to go and visit them if you would. 
Okay, so now I can put our guest on the air, and I'm just going to sit here and say nothing because now I'm tired after talking for five minutes. Michael. Hello, Cindy. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I sure can. How are things in the heart? Well, did you hear the barrage of all that stuff I just read off? Wow. That's a lot of data. (laughs) <laughs> My retention's at about 10% today, so something about L.A. Oh, lovely. <laughs> We're going to have a great interview already. One of us has no sleep and one of us has no attention span. Yay! Okay. So I have a lot of questions, and this is different than in interviewing you in person. So I'm going to start from how we first met, and then we'll backtrack, which is, of course, I told my listening audience that I would not know you except that there was a film submitted called Charles Holmes to my festival, and you play the role of Gil in that, a, a role of which is now award-winning because, as I understand it, you won Best Actor. How exciting is that? How does that feel to have a part like that and then all of a sudden walk away and being told you're the best actor? You know, like I think I said in my uh, my victory speech, I have not won a darn thing outright since I think uh, the, the JV football team or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> You know, it's been it's been a long dry season, and um, uh, as, um, but you know we we always tell ourselves, which is absolutely true. I believe it. It's the main thing is to just keep churning out good work. You know, put out a real mm-hmm. good, uh, a body of work. However, once in a blue moon, it is nice to be wholly recognized and to say yes. This right now, this is uh, the best thing we've seen in the last few days. It's really really lovely. And, uh, you know, just a wonderful festival that you put on and uh, so many nice people, uh, lots of good films and just just an absolutely lovely event. And to, just to be part of it was, was terrific. Um, I would I, I would like to come to L.A. and do it again <laughs> next month. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Well, and I want I think to ask this the because role often, well, right. I, I oftentimes talk to people about this, and we talk a lot about this on the show, because there are New York City actors and L.A. actors, and Hollywood's a little bit different from the independent circuit. So tell me something. Now, um, I guess what I'm wondering is we work within the independent film sector. So you believe, like, for instance, if you win an Oscar, then clearly it's, it's kind of a sign in the industry. So they say that, hey, this is going to make you more marketable. This is going to make you this or this. So on the indie level, does the same hold true, meaning now that you're an award winner, is it, do you become more, more bankable or marketable? or is it easier for you to solidify roles now with something like that? I'd have to talk to my agent about that. Um, you know, I keep, <laughs> I, I keep her appraised of everything I'm doing, uh, including theater, which, you know, most agents are, aren't too jazzed about because it's, that this basically means they can't submit you uh, for, for, you know, the real money stuff, the TV work and all that for, uh, you know, right. a, a month, two months, however long it is. Uh so I keep them, uh, you know, I, I keep uh, keep them in the loop, and uh, I say they say, hey, that's great, good, keep at it, you know, wonderful, good for you. <laughs> so um, I don't know. You, you really wonder what, uh, like, I had no idea that this film would, uh, you know, had been out for a while. I had no idea it would, it would sort of pique some interest uh, out of the blue. It, it all was a, just a really lovely surprise. And that's kind of uh, it's it's not I'm not exactly a man with a plan in that in that sense. I just uh, keep doing what I'm doing and let's see what sticks against the wall. And when it works, it just it's 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 lovely. Oh, definitely. And of course, you folks know this was done in 2016. 
And as I mentioned, you play the character of Gil, and since it's your film, I'll let you do the setup in terms of, for those that are listening in that obviously may or may not get a chance to see Charles Ho, give us a backstory. Tell us in a nutshell what the story is about. Oh, gosh, it's about a, a young man, uh, kind of a jet setter. I don't know if anybody uses that word these days. but uh, uh, And he's, he has a, 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 a girlfriend, uh, a, a serious girlfriend, uh, who's working in, in, in Europe. And meanwhile, he's got uh, uh, um, a, a nice relationship on the side with, with another lovely girl. And uh, uh, long story short, she's coming, the girlfriend is coming back, and she's expecting to see her beloved dog, which he has, uh, he's having somebody else take care of it who happens to be my girlfriend. And um, the whole contention between us, I know that he's a weasel. I know he's, uh, you know, he's kind of coasting through life and taking advantage of people. So I use the dog as leverage to stick it to him in as many ways as I can and sort of torture <laughs> him throughout, throughout the uh, 11, 12 minutes of the film, whatever it is. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, and th- to those of you that don't know, this is a creation by Nicholas I O R I O. I had to spell that out right. I don't want to mispronounce his name. Thank you so much, because I don't want to be a jerk and mispronounce you, Nicholas. But we're thinking of you, and we wish you were here right now. And hey, thank you for a great production. And folks, it is a it's a it is an absolutely lovely, delightful twelve minute short. It really is. And your character, um, well, reminded me of me. So that was one of the things I connected with. Unfortunately, I didn't get to judge him, but nonetheless, congratulations. That's that's wonderful. I mean, and I've seen you play lots of different roles, which we'll get into, obviously. I wanted to ask, because I know it's, when I researched you, it says that you are capable of playing a man 57 years old. Now, if you've looked at Michael, I mean, that's a stretch to me. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm like, I'm saying late 40s, and I'm not, I mean, have you played someone that much older? Because <laughs> I, I just don't see it. Is it me? Oh, sure. No, I have. Um, there was a sci-fi film that's running the festivals right now I was in uh, uh, where I played two roles. And one of them was, yeah, right around that age range, um, a fellow who's a political figure gets assassinated. Um, and uh, um, the director took a great pleasure in, in asking uh, people if they, anybody knew, recognized that it was the same actor playing the lead villain and the politician. And, and no one ever does. So. And it wasn't like extensive uh, makeup work or any of that. You know, a little gray hair, a little this, a little that. And uh, mm-hmm. the rest of it, uh, you just have to sell it uh, acting-wise. And um, it helps that there's maybe 40 minutes of uh, goings-on of the film between the two characters. So people forget and they move on. Uh, no, I guess, uh, yeah, because I read that and I was like, yeah, I just, I, I don't know if I can envision this or not. Now, I don't want to date you in terms of, like, age-wise, but I know that your first role was back in 1993, which is The Force Within. Can you remember your very first role and then look at yourself now and say to yourself, is there one thing you could tell us, like, you just shake your head now and you're like, oh, my God, I can't even believe I did that in that film. You know what I mean? Like, we all backdate ourselves, <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, that would be the one. <laughs> that would be the one. <laughs> uh, I still haven't seen it. I, I don't really want to see it. Uh, really? I, I, <laughs> I remember one of the uh, uh, one of the reviews of uh, on IMDb put it uh, uh, politely. They said, "Not awful, but close." <laughs> oh no! <gasps> oh my gosh! Look at that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't have brought that up. But you should go back and watch it sometime. At least nothing else just to say you saw your first performance. Because doesn't that intrigue you in the least bit? Like, you just want to know. 
Oh yeah, and um, um, who was it? Uh, Joseph Capanella was uh, one of the leads in that. He died. He passed mm-hmm. away recently. But uh, you know, um, it, it just proves to you, a guy with, with with all sorts of credits. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes you, you you don't you don't exactly pick a winner all the time, and you just get right. involved in the project, and and you have to just, there's only one way to find out uh, if it really ties together. I mean, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, uh, Sidney Lumet, not to put this film on that level, but it's very sobering uh, uh, for a man of that, that stature to say so many great, great movies, uh, for him to say that he bats around maybe uh, 20, 30% success rate. And he says sometimes I'm in like a month into shooting and it, it occurs to me this, this idea, this whole concept, it's just not working. And you just have to soldier through and, and, and finish the movie. But it takes that commitment uh, to realize, and it's like playing the lottery uh, uh, odds-wise. I mean, you just you just don't know uh, until you're doing it whether or not it really does come together successfully the way you want. Sure. Oh, I imagine. So this movie, well, this movie, this first movie of mine is definitely not one of them. So I shouldn't run right out and Google it, try to find it, and sit intensely and watch it with popcorn. Is that what I'm getting here? Just go, just go to garage sales. It'll be in a bin or something. I'm sure. <laughs> I have a lot of wine. And then be like, click, I'm going to turn this on and check that bad boy out. That usually works for me. Um, so I have to ask because, uh, you know, all everybody who is an actor at some point wasn't always an actor. And this was surprising to me, too, because when I started researching this young man, I found out that he used to be a former private investigator, not dissimilar to our uh, our current director, Michelle, who actually does private investigations. So if you would, please, and you did that for about four years, tell us a bit about what what made you gravitate to doing such a job. Uh, and, and then, of course, why did you stop doing it? Apparently something about acting appealed to you, I'm going to gather. So tell us what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was... Uh... In between jobs, uh, I was um, not acting really much at the time. Um, a lot of uh, family issues, illnesses in the family, things like that. So, uh, and uh, literally, a, uh, a friend of mine in my neighborhood in, in Queens, uh, just uh, uh, who had been in the Marines with this uh, um, uh, police captain who had his own, um, you know, business, uh, security business as well. Uh, he said, uh, "You want to work?" and uh, you know, those, those kind of guys, they size people up very quickly and they, 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 they evaluate, yeah, he'll be good, you know. He'll, uh, mm-hmm. he'll be, uh, he, can, he can think on his feet and he keeps his mouth shut. So, good, you're hired. <laughs> I mean, it's literally as quick as that, you know. <laughs> we'll give you a chance. If you louse it up, that's it, get lost. Um, if you have an acumen for it, uh, all of a sudden uh, they won't leave you alone and uh, you're working uh, 14-hour days, uh, seven days a week. Which, which leads into the rest acting? of your question, which is which leads into the rest of your question, which is why I eventually quit. So. <laughs> well, yeah, but then you're like, okay, 14-hour days, and then I'm envisioning this because I talk to some actors who literally are like, okay, I'm showing up at you know 6 a.m. and then I'm going to be on set all the way up until you know seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. So you know, has that really changed that much? I mean, talk about set life a little bit. Uh, uh, set life. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's different, but that's uh, you know that's a labor of love. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, investigating, you know, being the eyes, the grunt work, the eyes and the ears. Yeah, you know, it's uh, mind numbing and drool inducing, and uh, you know, um, and the role is, of course, you, you, you know, you can't read, you can't really uh, do much because the role is the second you take your eyes off the prize, that's when the subject that you're watching walks out the side entrance or sneaks around and, and you blink and, and that ruins your whole day. And then you have to make as much excuses as to why you blew it. 
Um, so, you know, the uh, uh, 14 days on a film set, uh, there is a nice reward in there. You know, you do maybe like 15 minutes of actual acting within those 14 years, but it's still worth it. <laughs> That's passion, folks, just so you know. Waiting for that 15 seconds or waiting for that moment or waiting for that article to go out or whatever it is, that's, that's obviously very well worth it. Now, um, acting, specific to acting, yes. one thing I didn't get to ask you the other day was, is there an actor that has stuck with you through the course ever since the moment you started through now that you're like, you know what, uh, I mirror this person in style or I want to excel to this or, or I admire or adore the style of so-and-so? Inspirations or people that you look up to in the acting world. Who would those be? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'll start at the beginning. My first uh, movie hero was um, uh, Burt Lancaster. The, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a real uh, uh, noir, uh, old movie buff. Um, yeah. And the first movie that really, like the Late Late Show kind of a thing, uh, you know, back in the day with the tube set and all that, uh, um, was Brute Force. Um, absolutely dark, prison, terrific, just gritty, gritty movie. And I just... You know, I'm still watching, like, uh, you know, the Saturday morning cartoons uh, as a kid. Uh, and uh, so this just really struck me, uh, just the moodiness and, 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 and the grittiness and, and that beautiful uh, black and white uh, look. And um, and also uh, a guy like Hume Cronin, um, Jessica Tandy's uh, uh, husband, uh, great acting mm-hmm. team. He played the villain. And that kind of started my love for uh, the bad guys, uh, and also a lot of the second, great second banana actors. Uh, um, just a small, diminutive kind of a man with a soft, velvety voice, and and uh, just as, as evil and, and 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 cruel as you can get. Um, so uh, you know, fantastic, fantastic acting. Um, others uh, would be like uh, Alec Guinness. Uh, you know, I guess I'll go a little modern, uh, uh, even though now he's officially retired. Uh, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, of course, never ceases oh, to yeah. amaze. Um, I mean, it's, it's endless. There's always the more great talent sure. out there. But um, I just constantly seem to go back in time to uh, some of the originals, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's part of, part of the, uh, you know, the history, and, and, and it's, it's part of what we do. Um you know, uh, to know the tradition uh, that we're coming from. So I think that's so important. And those are the people that just seem to repeatedly just amaze me. Hmm. Well, look at that. That's an interesting list. And nobody, I, I would have thought for sure, I always hear Pacino, De Niro, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the ones that everybody just seems to adore because it seems like the Godfather's like on everyone's list. Like, shouldn't the Godfather mm-hmm. be on everyone's list? I totally think it should. Oh. I mean, it's on my list. But... Well, that's implied. You know, I don't. I don't even have to say it. <laughs> so sure, dog day afternoon and all that. Right, cervical, the whole nine yards. Yes, I did know that already, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. It's like, okay, fine. And and more importantly, I want to talk about this. This is another thing. First of all, he um, he attended, meaning Michael attended Fordham. A lot of my friends and a lot of great actors that I know attended Fordham. But apparently you had studied political science, which I found so fascinating because I'm like, political science and Michael, if you met him or if you had a conversation for four minutes, I'd be hard-pressed to believe. I'm thinking, what? I mean, it just never jived with me. I'm like, what's with the political science thing? I'm like, that just doesn't jive to me. Like, it would well, never jive uh, to me. It doesn't. That's why I always enjoy talking to you, Cindy, because uh, uh, neither one of us is, is, is desperate, like most people nowadays, to delve into 
the nasty world of politics. The only business that's worse Thank than you. the filmic business, you know. Oh my it's God! Just yeah. um, for the life of me, uh, you know, I just—I'll uh, delve into that 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 swamp just briefly. Uh, I I just don't understand why so many people are are, are so anxious to 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 uh, to make enemies out of it. You know, right. at, at the end of the day, right. I'll, I'll I'll take the actor's stance, which is uh, never judge the character. So why would you want to judge people that you you know you just met at a party or something and and, and make enemies out of them? Why? It just, it amazes me. And they're so cruel and they're just so judgmental. And I'm like, oh my God, you have nothing better to do with your time. So I agree. It gets, it gets very frustrating. So when I saw that, I was like, this is very, very atypical. And make no mistake, there, there's nothing very typical about the man I'm talking to. Make no mistake. It's in the course of listening to this interview, you're going to find out just how, I always picture him and going off in different directions in a very good way. And there's very good reason for that. He's very extraordinary in a lot of ways. Um, so obviously you went to Fordham. We talk a lot on on my show about asking actors about which side of the fence you stand on because some actors are constantly going to classes to improve their craft every week, every month, et cetera. Do you actually maintain continuing education for your craft or is it just more so life experience at this point? I have not been uh, 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 keeping up, so to speak, lately. I've been um, just, uh, <laughs> excuse me, um, I've been uh, diving into the work, but I have been meaning to get back into it. Um, so oh. um, doing a little bit of uh, uh, shopping around as we speak. Um, um, but I'm a big fan of Eric Morris, uh, um, acting, acting teacher-wise. Of course, he's in L.A., okay. so, uh, but uh, he has some oh, protege right. in New York I was thinking of studying with. Uh, yeah, you know, just oh, keep nice. sharp, but keep, keep the knife nice and, nice and sharp. Sure. Because there's always, uh, no, no, I was no, just say, cause, uh, it's, it's always, you know, there's always things that, um, you know, maybe you shouldn't be, you, that you should be working on, um, and you don't want to get the, a little lazy in, in churning it out. A lot of times, you know, on, on set, you know, they call you out, and, and, and uh, most productions, nobody's holding your hand, nobody's really critiquing. It's, you know, they're watching the clock, they're watching the ske- you know, schedule, they know how many, how many setups they have to do um, for that mm-hmm. night. And, you know, nobody's holding your hand. So uh, you don't want to churn out work that's, you know, adequate. Um, you want it to be as good as you can. And only only a real proper class will, will, will probably spend the time uh, to really tweak what you're doing. So I have to get huh. back in there <laughs> and answer your question. Well, and, and there's a step further on that question because I got to thinking about this yesterday. And forgive me if it seems like a strange question, but I, I swear that I can see you because one of the one of my passions besides writing, of course, is is teaching my craft. I, I'm a huge. I, I love being in a classroom as many times as I can get to be there. Um, and so I could see you easily doing that. So have you taught before, or would you consider teaching acting? Because you'd probably be very good at it. Ah, uh, you know, um, I, I would probably uh, uh, want to direct first. Um, I, um, oh. yeah, I would be more interested in directing a small project, uh, uh, nothing crazy. I mean, I am, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't uh, have anxious to put more feathers in my in my cap. Um, that'll probably change at some point. I mean, it's it's sort of on my list, but it's not way up there. I, uh, I um, why. Yeah, why do that when you have uh, uh, bona fide uh, directors who, who commit themselves completely to doing that? Um, sure. Um, so, you know, why not put yourself in their hands and, uh, and then have, have a, a better uh, finished product? Hmm. But never, never gotcha. say never. Yeah. 
I was just going to say, keep that opportunity open because I can totally see that. Maybe it's just me, but like I said, he's very um, – and, and, again, you guys haven't had the benefit that I have of spending a little time with him to find out that he's very uh, – you know, first of all, you have the audio portion of it. Obviously, I know that you, you – the tone of your voice, it's easy to listen to you, and you are very um, – you're, you just have an energy about you, and it's hard to explain. We'll get into that at the end of the show. But um, definitely, oh, speaking you. of which, you, sh- you should tell folks that, yes, you're available to do audiobooks because on occasion, this fine young man does that, I've heard, word on the street. So, like, if somebody's listening today and they want you to do an audiobook, how likely is that? Or are we too busy? Oh, Hollywood star. Absolutely. Well, I'm in, I'm in the middle of recording one at, uh, um, at, at right now, so... Uh, in fact, oh. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm behind on a few chapters, so I gotta gotta get to it. But uh, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a bit, you know, it's it, it's acting. It's still acting, um, although you're just uh, alone and you're uh, with the window shut and then all your fan and your air conditioning is all shut off. You have no, you know, you have to have set, set quiet. And uh, so it was a long, miserable summer uh, for recording. Oh, you poor thing. Oh, I imagine. I do imagine. How? Just out of curiosity, how often do you get a chance to do that? Because I know a lot of times people are either running to auditions or going to callbacks, et cetera. So is this something that you even have time to do on a regular basis, or you're just kind of squeezing that all in? Well, apparently not, or I wouldn't be behind schedule. But, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you, know, you, have, you have to make time. And uh, you get home, long day, you're tired, and... Uh, Sure. You know, you say to yourself, I should be cranking out a chapter or two. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's a homework, like anything else. You know, there's an element that in any business that you don't, you know, this gr- the grunt work that you don't really want to be doing. Uh, you, you know, as George Costanza said, if you're not in the mood, will you get in the mood? <laughs> and I, uh, as I understand it, folks, there are some, th- let me tell you, this guy is taking on some interesting projects. We've had a conversation or two. So, yeah. Some interesting things come your way. So, yeah, try that audio thing sometime. Okay, so on the personal side of things, because obviously actors aren't just professional people, I always like to cover the personal side, which you know because you've heard my show. So first of all, um, I know you're a Queens resident. I know you've shared with me that some of your family uh, lives there. And so here's my question. Um, We all know that I'm moving to New York, and it can't be soon enough. But in the interim, every time I come back, I keep trying to knock off another area on my belt. I'm not going to lie. Queens is probably one of the least visited places that I've been to yet. No one asked me to come to Queens, like, ever. I'm like, everybody else asked me to go everywhere, but not Queens. So, like, am I missing out on, like, something really important? I mean, besides you. I mean, am I missing, like, some big statue or anything? Tell us about Queens. <laughs> well, you, you, Queens is uh, it's more uh, low density. Uh, it's, it's it's a little more laid back. You know, Queens was uh, back in the day was uh, sort of the the promised land. That was sort of the first, uh, uh, you know, one of the early suburbs where you know people uh, getting out of say the tenements uh, of Little Italy and places like that. Uh, you know, wound up uh, moving to get your nice little house and uh, you get out of an apartment. Um, so Queens is still uh, relatively uh, residential, um, light, lighter re- residential. I mean, it's getting like everywhere else in New York now. It's getting crowded and built up, and uh, you know, and uh, it's just getting under your skin a little bit. Um, I mean, guy, you sure you want to move here? It, it, everywhere you go nowadays, there's traffic, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. But uh, you know, Queens has a lot of uh, a lot of history for my family. I mean, half my family's from uh, uh, from here, um, oh. and. Um, yeah, you know, the World's Fair, I mean, the, the old fairground, the uh, Flushing Meadows Park is, is something that should be seen. 
Um, they're constantly talking about properly renovating it, um, but they'll get there. Um, but you can really just see, uh, you know, the ghosts of, of this, uh, one of the last of the great world's fairs were, you know, uh, and in fact, I wouldn't Aww. be here if not, if not for that. That's where my parents, uh, met, uh, um, my, my favorite cousin is uh, <laughs> a result of the world's fair. Um, and, uh, 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 funny enough, um, uh, 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 I wound up doing a, a, there's a wonderful theater. The Queens theater is, uh, uh, one of the old pavilions that they kept most of it. They all tore down after the fair, but it is a, uh, it was oh. a, a big, uh, uh, cinema, uh, uh, cinema at the time, but now it is a proper, uh, um, uh, equity stage. And uh, I did to kill a mockingbird there. So actually the local paper did a, an article on me about that. It was sort of, uh, you know, ran, ran full circle. I, I was back in the old fairgrounds. Uh, so, lovely production. Oh, look at that. How cool is that? That's awesome. See, now I want to come and see it. Because, yeah, like I said, nobody ever asked me to come there, and, and it's not for lack of trying. You know, I, I try to get to so many places. But, yes, of course I want to move there. All the people I care about are there. I mean, I have a wonderful base mm-hmm. here, but I live, you know, 49 years here. Now, you know, well, you know what it's like. You work in the fields and you start to get a little popular and then people want to see you once and again. And my cast might want to see me and make a movie, etc. So it's one of those things. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you could just hear about the rat problem, though, that's that's a problem. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm over po- the rats. Are we talking about politics again? <laughs> you don't have any rats in Queens, do you? I mean, maybe I should just go there all the time because, yeah, I'm over the yeah, rats. I'm sure there's a- like, seriously. Yeah. I'm sure there's an assembly person I should be keeping my eye on, but uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's just not right, folks. I'm telling you. I mean, the first humpteen times I go there, no rats. Then all of a sudden I keep coming there, and they're, like, everywhere. It's not pretty. Ugh. Oh, my God. I can't yeah. think about it. Okay, I enough to, about that. I had to dodge a rat on the subway uh, coming home late uh, the other night. <gasps> thing literally oh, my God. Ran right. I, I literally had to j- jump uh, up in the air so it could run under my feet. <laughs> he was not bashful. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you're making friends with the rats. I'm not really sure what to say about that. Oh, my God. Ew. I don't even want to think about it. But let me, okay. let me uh, wrap, so, up, wrap up Queen, Queens, um, um, why you yeah. should definitely come. Uh, uh, it's, there is a real nice authenticity to the, uh, to the neighborhoods, um, and a lot of, a lot of the, the old neighborhoods haven't been squeezed by too much uh, success and gentrification, um, like a lot of what's happened in places like Brooklyn um, or Manhattan, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, right. So there's, there's still a lot of, uh, um, you know, old, the old communities with the, you know, with the, with the restaurants and everything. You, you just get more of a, the real thing, uh, I think, in Queens. Um, so I do oh, recommend nice. Oh, good deal. All right, I shall have to come and, and visit. Uh, just so you folks know, Michael is approximately six foot tall, and all that's – I literally looked at that today, and I figured it out. That's why, because I've – I've stood next to him a few different times, then it occurred to me, he's a lot taller than I am. That's because I'm really short and he's really tall. So, again, this is a curiosity question because I suck at acting. Six-foot-tall guy. So is there such a thing as a norm? Like, for instance, when I model, people are like, you have to be at least 5'6", 5'7", 5'8". There's, like, that thing out there where it's like we only want these sorts of people. So does it matter? I mean, height-wise, do things like that matter? Because I know physique and other stuff. Does it matter how tall you are? It comes up, it comes up uh, uh, mainly uh, in these, uh, say, like these t- TV uh, auditions a lot. Uh, part of the uh, part of uh, your slate, uh, basically, just name and how hot, how tall you are, 
And, uh, you know, there are times where, where all the cop, you're like, should I say I'm 5'11", maybe? <laughs> Just, you know, because, you know, you know, their concern is that maybe the lead that you'll be acting uh, opposite is maybe a little on the stubby side. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you're not helping your, your chances of getting the part. <laughs> Oh, my God, that is just, oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I look at that, and I'm like, I often hear uh, actors tell me that. You know, they're always like, we have to look this way, we have to act this way, we have to do this or this. So I was just curious as far as that goes. Now, dialects, this is interesting. I know that he, he can speak a number of dialects, but in all the time that I have seen him, you have never spoken Italian. In fact, I had a gentleman in New York City offer to teach me how to speak Italian, and I passed on that option. So can you actually say something in Italian? Because I'm like, I'm Italian stupid, and I want to get to Italy before I'm dead. So I'm like, every time I talk to an Italian now, I'm going to make them say something, and then I'm going to practice it, and then we'll keep going, and then finally I'll know Italian. That's like the new game. Uh-huh. So help me out. Okay. <laughs> got to help me out here. Or do I got to call your dad or be like, you know, your dad knew this, da 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 da, da. Uh-huh. <laughs> I only, uh, I only really used to, I, I studied it. I, uh, my father spoke it uh, a bit because he was a musician back in the old days. But, uh, uh, you know, I only really used it occasionally in movies, uh, uh, just throwing a few lines here and there. And, uh, of course, you know, since they play a lot of bad guys, but a lot of it is, uh, uh, a lot of it's not very nice. So, <laughs> I don't because I know that I've, I've heard someone say that in Italian. So the only real things I've ever heard are either the F-U term or Ti amo, which is I love you. So mm. I'm like, I mean, I need more than that, don't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, really, they kind of relate. So I mean, actually, maybe not. But I just thought you might be able to teach me something. Teach me something. I need knowledge. Oh <laughs> don't make me have to go oh, back to other people. For help. You asked for it. Va fare una bella cacata, huh? Which said it's not is... nice. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> More about that at another point in time, folks. But no, um, I know that you have listed Italian. Well, right, it is a family show. Al- Albanian, South Carolina, and I'm like, okay, so how do you do an Albanian dialect? And, and I think this is important to people because some of us, like, when I go to New York, subconsciously, I think I start talking like a New York person. Like, you know, from Staten mm-hmm. Island or Jersey or whatever. And that dialect changes. So, how, how, okay, so how do you even do that? I mean, how do you, what's Albanian anyways? I mean, what does that sound like? Albanian? No, I don't do, uh, Albanian's not on there, is it? Yeah. Well, oh, uh. Yes, it is. <laughs> Oh gosh, uh, yeah, because I, I was um, learning it for uh, an, uh, a project in Albanian character, but I, I forget I, I didn't wind up doing the part. Um, I forget why, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, but that was a tough one. Um, uh, you know, the, the beautiful thing is uh, uh, with the internet. Um, uh, uh, with the internet, there's so much out there. I mean, you can just you know listen to people from all over the world. Um, you, you don't need to be in a place like New York where there's you know you can find without any, any sort of a community, uh, and hopefully they'll talk to you. But uh, uh, Although that right. helps to be in, in person. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I know a, a, a lot of actors uh, do that. You just, just you know, get on the net there and just listen to people speaking, some real native speakers, and, uh, you know, say, how am I doing? But um, sure. that's it, and just to spend time <laughs> with it. Uh, spend, spend time with it. Uh, it. You know, some people just have a real knack for it, and they pick it up almost immediately. Uh, I had to work at it, um, you know, um, 
and, and break certain patterns of speech and, and just get comfortable so you can live in it and then not, not have it be the focus while you're doing the character, you know. You can kind of forget about sure. it and its presence, hopefully. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting thing about the Internet, because he had just mentioned that, too, because there is another Michael with the exact same spelling of his name, and if you didn't know any better, you would know that, number one, Michael is married, and he is loaded, as in worth millions. So, I mean, you're not really him, right? Because, like, in a perfect world, that latter part would be really awesome, but I'm guessing you're not. Yeah. You know, there, there, there's uh, the, the other Michael Gentiles out there. That we're a very mixed bag. Uh, as you probably noticed, there's some straight, there's like yeah. a murderer with my name. There's, <laughs> there's uh, some strange I wasn't going to go there. there. But thanks. Yeah. Okay. You're not him, are you? I mean, yeah. But I've seen don't, your role, don't so maybe. Don't Google, don't Google yourself, folks. You won't like what you see. Oh, my God, that's too funny. All right, so I have to ask um, about the instrumentation because obviously you just mentioned to our listening audience that your dad was a musician, of course, and, and mm-hmm. Michael can play the, the cornet, bugle, and trumpet. So um, to ask, for some odd reason, I have this visual of you in my head playing a violin. Did that ever happen? Am I just nuts? Because I can visualize this for some reason. No, no, never never the violin. Um, not really good okay. with strings, uh, Picked up a little guitar a few I times. Uh, he's stone a bass, but uh, didn't stick to it. You know, something about huh. something about the horn just uh, keeps. It was my father's instrument, and uh, something about it just keeps calling me back. And uh, you know, what what hmm. the horn uniquely does over the strings just uh, just kind of grabs me. You know. Oh, definitely. Sure, I understand. And of course, when you when you informed your parents that you were going to be an actor, we get this a lot. Like half of the actors will say to me. You know, your parents tell you to go get a real job. You know what I mean? Because when it comes to acting, you know everything is so up in the air and impromptu, and you never know. Were there were there ever really uh, critical concerns from them about you pursuing something you're so passionate about? No, no, not not much of. A, <laughs> there was no uh, never any like real uh, coming out moment. You know, I just uh, I just went ahead and did it. I mean, you know, my uh, uh, my life's taken a few uh, twists and turns. Uh, before Fordham, I actually went to uh, uh, the Citadel, the uh, the military uh, college in South Carolina, Charleston. Uh, and I went there for a full year. I was going to make a, a career out of the military. Um, I, uh, you know, just sort of had a change of heart. I, you know, another seven years uh, collectively, you know, um, afterwards when you mm-hmm. get, after you get commissioned, when you get out, out of the school. So I just, uh, you know, I went. I said, let me get back to New York, and uh, um, and then for a long time I was in real estate, and just, uh, you know, I was always sort of taking care, uh, taking care of uh, myself. So I would just, it was just something I did on the side. Uh, my parents were not really, I want to say they meddling, but they just, uh, you know, they just sort of let you do your thing, and they didn't make a fuss about it one way or the other. Hmm. Nice. Which very, is that? Uh, which nice. is that? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag because if if they're uh, if they're involved with your what you're doing in your career and this and that, then they're also going to be critical about what you're doing. So you know, <laughs> you take the good with the bad. And I was able to just do my thing without guilt, without pressure, without uh, without a lot without a lot of support, but uh, with, you know, without the pestering as well. Hmm. Look at that. Nice. Okay. Now we have a whole lot of acting questions, but first. I have to ask because it just happened. Plays and pizza. You have to talk about plays and pizza because you just did that. 
I'm we so did. bummed I haven't been able to see it. So how was it? And tell everybody what Plays and Pizza is. Monday night. Uh, that is the brainchild of uh, uh, of uh, um, Rose DeSena and Peggy, Peggy, uh, Peggy Chase. Um, Rose mm-hmm. works at the public theater. Uh, but this is her baby. It's, it's um, uh, literally like a nice cabaret space on the Lower East Side. Uh, every, roughly every month, um, getting uh, all sorts of new plays, playwrights bring all their people. It's real cabaret style. Uh, um, um, nice. Someone named Norm Zamchek, terrific on the piano. Um, lots of uh, live singing, uh, uh, and, and it's all staged reading. Um, so it's it's script in hand, but uh, it's all really good actors who can just take a script and 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 give it some real pulse, some real heart to it. Um, and the playwrights, uh, some really really nicely written work. Um, and the playwrights, uh, 99 times out of 100, are really delighted to see their words come alive. Uh, always mm-hmm. packed house. This nice little cabaret stuff with like 60 people uh, in a downstairs theater. Um, and it's just a, this is a terrific time. I just played uh, five different characters, including an Ethiopian cab driver. <laughs> uh, uh, and I didn't see really? that one coming. <laughs> so you talk about accents. Really? The director said, the director, yeah, well, I've been working on it. You never know when I'll get cast as an Ethiopian again. <laughs> <laughs> That is too funny. Oh, my gosh. Now, this happens every month. Is it always at the same location, or do you guys, like, flip locations where you do it? Oh, no, that's it. It's, it, it's uh, at a place called uh, Lucky Jack's. Really, really nice uh, okay. nice pub with terrific, terrific tap here, and uh, they take good care of us. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of an ideal setup. Nice. Very, very nice. Okay, on to the acting questions, because I can't, I can't even tell you – well, I will tell you in a moment. His resume is just, oh, my gosh. Um, somebody had asked me earlier today why I was so nervous interviewing him, and I'm like, it's, it's always very hard when you know the person that you're interviewing because your expectation of yourself is I have to give you a good interview, an even better interview than normal, and he is just as legendary as they say I am. He has as many accolades as I do, and I have seen all of his work that he sent me so far, and I can tell you lots of interesting things as to why you should watch his work. But first of all... Um, pertinent question because we talk about this with some other actors that come on too sometimes. Clearly you've had a gap in acting back in the day for about seven years or so. Now my question is when you go from that point, meaning from from 2000 on and you're trying to reestablish yourself and such, tell your listening audience because some actors might be out there and thinking, oh God, there's no way. I mean, I can't start right now or I waited too long, etc. Tell them your experience in terms of reintegrating back into industry and is it really as challenging or maybe give them a tip or two as to how they can do that successfully. Well, if you're smart, which uh, I wasn't, uh, you'll you'll have just uh, put in your twenty as a as a cop or a EMT or something like that or sanitation. So you're literally retired, and you know you 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 don't have the worry of of, of sustaining yourself. You, know? you can really just relax and focus and have a good time with it. Um, but uh, um, uh, if you really are uh, you know serious and you know I've always had that buzz fighting biting you in the back of the neck, uh, just take a class, you know, um, shop around, uh, see what you like, see what works for you, see what doesn't, um, and, and do, do some shows, you know, do some, uh, student films, uh, slowly just get out there and see if, uh, see if you're really enjoying it because it's, it's work, you know, it's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, no, at all levels. Uh, I mean, nowadays the big thing is uh, um, self-taping instead of uh, auditioning people in person. And they'll say, you know, I'm in the middle of one production. They say, oh, can you have this, uh, you know, this seven-page scene sent to us uh, uh, by tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock? And I'm like, you know, do you want me just, like, sitting there, like, reading the words off the page like a newsman? Or do you want some uh, thought and some character put into this and some, 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 some damned effort? You know, it takes time mm-hmm. uh, to develop a character to have the words come alive off the page. Um, and uh, sometimes people think that, you know, it's the equivalent of taking a selfie. It's absolutely not. So you, you really, um, to answer your question, you, you really have to, on a serious level, you have to see if, 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 if the work, uh, that level of commitment, I mean, it really is all about the work. If you really do enjoy it, you know, are you taking an acting class and just hitting on people? which, of course, we're all guilty of at some point. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, uh, is it really about do you want to be there to do the work? And you'll mm-hmm. find out. There's only one way to find out. You know, I know uh, uh, a lot of uh, actors from back when I was at Fordham, and I wasn't studying any acting. And so many people, I know from the theater department, uh, never, not only do they not stick with it, but they never did any acting after college. And that, to me, is, uh, you know, I guess uh, you know it's, it's it's very telling that really you don't uh, you don't have to do it. it it's not a part of you and you're you're happy you're doing something else and that's probably a good thing. Right. Well, and my other question is, and this one I get a lot: you have representation. Some yeah. actors say that you can go mulling along over the course of time, and if you establish a big enough resume. You do not need representation. Would you agree with that? Or is there at that some point where you think, okay, I'm at that point where I've accelerated enough to where I feel I need representation? Do you know what I mean? Because people are always indecisive of at what point is that point. Plus, I can imagine it's, you know, remotely costly for representation. I'm sorry, it's what? What was the last part? Costly. I also would assume this isn't exactly the most budget-friendly thing either. So if you can, if an actor today was listening to you and thought, I really like this dude, and I think I'm going to go on his path and do what he, you know he does. Obviously, of course, you have representation. At some point, is that kind of the gamut or the game that comes along with most actors? Is that just kind of the norm of the process of really producing yourself as a working regular actor? Well, you can. Uh, you can work regularly uh, without representation, um, you know. And I, I'm uh, I'm with a new agent, uh, so I'm you know we're just sort of getting our footing together. Um, so sure. it's still pretty early in the day for us. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it takes a little time to hit your stride to get certain casting uh, 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 casting directors uh, to be kind of accustomed. And you know, it's really flattering when they they call you in for uh, repeat, even though you're not getting the part. When they keep calling you in, that means they like what you're doing. Uh, sure. You know, because at, at a certain level of, of uh, like television auditions, for instance, especially these smaller co- co-star roles, uh, you're in a room, uh, you know, and there could be 20 other people in there. Everybody, and at that level, everybody, any one of them randomly picked would probably be fine at the role, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, they're not looking for lightning in a bottle. They're not looking for uh, magic. They're not looking for Daniel Day-Lewis. They're just looking for uh, a nice proper professional uh, 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 portrayal from you. Um, but uh, but to, to answer the question, to, to, to get in that those doors for, say, Ray Donovan, uh, terrific show, by the way, uh, or stuff like that, mm-hmm. you're not getting in there. Um, 
you're not getting in there without uh, without uh, an agent. Uh, I just don't see it. Um, all these meet and greet things. Oh, that's another thing for for new people. Uh, you know these meet and greet things. I mean, I say yep. everybody. It, it's up to it's up to the individual, but these pay to play type of things. I would say, oh, God. you know, I think it's a waste of money. I think it's a bit of a bit of a bit of a, sh- a sham. I don't know I call it a scam. Right. It's a sham. Uh, they're not, you know, sure. uh, they're not looking for you. They're not. I mean, there's always exceptions. Uh, there's always a, a rare exception. But uh, in general, uh, you know, they're they're making an extra buck for themselves. And uh, hmm. I think it's a sh- I think it's kind of a shame. I think they're taking advantage of people's hunger to get in the door. Nice advice. Only because of the fact that, you know, each medium is different, obviously. And I always do get two sides of the fence. Like, sometimes people will say to me they, they couldn't live without their agent. You know, like, they get them some of the best stuff, this, that, and the other thing. So, folks, just so you know, there are two sides of that coin to everything, obviously. And I would prefer that somebody go off and try on their own if you absolutely can't get it. There's always all – there are tons of agents. <laughs> and I know there are tons of agents out there that will take you actors. All of you fine actors. Um, yes. Okay, so let's talk now, a bit I, about – Now, I will, I will, I will say – I'm sorry. I will. I will say this just to, just to wrap uh, put a put a thread through it. Uh, if you're brand new, uh, you know it might be worth it just to kind of hit a couple of these things just to get a sense of how it works and and to get a little face time with these people. Uh, mm-hmm. You know to get used to the, uh, a hang of the rapport. Uh, I will say there's value in that, um, um, but not uh, as a continual. Uh, this will get me a job kind of a thing. I, I that's the part that I think is uh, uh, wagging the uh, hang, dangling the carrot uh, from the. Thank you. Y'all finished with that now? I, <laughs> I just want to make sure. Okay. I could go on. All right. I won't. No, I know you could. <laughs> we both could, really, actually. This interview could be like seven hours. Like, literally, mm-hmm. we could just keep talking, talking, talking. Um, I want to talk about Triacid Code because, listen to this. This I love this because he plays nine characters. I'm like, I have all nine of those in my head all the time. And, like, he's actually physically playing nine characters. So, um, Obviously, that's a little stretch from the norm, I'm guessing, the typical role that you get. So two different things on that. Talk about prepping to do nine characters. And then more importantly, um, isn't it difficult to juggle? That's what I always struggle with when I watch actors. I'm like, it's like they look like the normal, and then like, well, I have a fellow actor friend who goes from normal to psycho in about three seconds. I don't know how she does it. But you know, is, well, is that just timing or technique or, like, literally, are you, like, sitting at home the day before, like, let's do a switch off? Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Put us in your mindset and you're like, you know, a director has said to you, now you're responsible for doing all this. How do you tackle something like that? And then how do you make sure that there are distinguishable differences between all nine characters? Yeah, and I, I think I know who you mean about Psycho, by the way. <laughs> your friend Psycho. I know you do. <laughs> Linda, sorry. Hi. Hi, Linda. I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> we love you. Okay, anyway. Just had to do um, that. So if you need a Psycho, Linda Collins available. Just saying. Okay, go ahead. It, you know, it, it, it goes back to a previous question about teaching. It's why I, I generally don't think I would want to teach uh, because um, I, I don't always uh, – you know, I don't always uh, fully explain to myself what I'm doing. Uh, you know, a lot of it's just imagination and impulse and instinct. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, with that certain, you know, uh, um, proper training but um, and emotional awareness. But uh, I, I don't know really how to honestly tell somebody else uh, how to get there because I think it's just different okay. for, for everybody. And uh, I'm sure a proper teacher would tell me, like, you know, uh, 50 different 
reasons why I'm wrong on that. Just for me, it's, it's kind of personal. Um, and for instance, uh, I don't go into, I save the, uh, the schizo uh, mode uh, for stage itself. I don't, uh, you know, go crazy at home or, or, or um, you know, drive you know, people around me insane. Um, I know plenty of people who do that. I mean, if it works, uh, God bless you, you know, just glad I'm not married to any of those people. But uh, um, to me, it's nice, a kind of a quiet, reflective, uh, uh, a simmering, you know, just a kind of a percolating and just keep all of that jumbling mess in, in your mind. And then, it, uh, again, back to the work, um, like the nine characters in, in a play, um, you've done the homework, you've done the preparation, and then on Showtime, uh if you've done it right, you can be on autopilot, and it's all within you, and you don't have to focus or concentrate on it. Just be in the moment and, and, and let it breathe. Uh, and if you do have to focus on uh, on exactly, oh, i got to be crazy now, oh, i got to be sweet now, i got to be this, then, you know, you're, uh, it's probably going to come out a little, a little stilted, and uh, it's not going to ring quite true, probably. I found it interesting. We were talking, he and I had been talking about his actual acting process. Um, and, and there are two things that you had mentioned. Number one, I found this interesting because he said he prefers to, to be more of an easy-natured character, but he has no trouble playing a terrible, terrible person, which I find interesting. I'm like, oh, okay, so he could be really down and dirty and mean. And trust me when I tell you, if you watch his reel, yeah, there's some... Uh, Unsightly characters. In fact, Michael's quite a good-natured, very calm, very regular, average guy. And I'm like, I watched this, and I was like, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> like, you're so mean. I'm like, you're so, he's so like in the face, like f you. He's just so he he. You know, this is a testament. I always say this all the time when you have a good actor that you can have him be him, as in Michael, a regular, average person. Then you get on that side, and it's like. I just was like, I just want to bitch slap you. You were such an asshole. I'm like, he plays asshole really well. In fact, he puts this lovely hat on. He's got this nice suit on. And all I'm thinking is, is I just wish someone would beat your ass. You know, and that's a good thing. You know, I, I certainly, I, some of these roles, I was like, yeah. But for like a split second, I'm like, yeah, I'm not really digging him anymore. Like, at all. Like, yeah. And he's just so brutal. I'm like, ew, why did they do that to this nice man? I'm like, he's such a nice guy. They turned him into such a jerk, which you're about to talk to about that. But the the question is, when you're by nature, obviously, more of an easy-natured character to begin with, and then, of course, have to become that terrible person, um, some actors have told me that it's easier for them to slip into that role by literally just sitting down one night and just watching a slew of just evil, sadistic sort of characters to kind of get their mindset. Is that something you do, or again, you just kind of show up, you know, try to slip into that role and do what you got to do? Because I just can't picture you being that demonic, so to speak. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're all not, we're, it's all within us. We don't, we don't need uh, Al Pacino uh, to, to show us how to be evil. Uh, uh, we all have a monster right. inside of us. Um, I have right. to I mean, we all have an id. Um, you know, uh, people saying, uh, again, don't judge the character. I mean, if you start saying, I could never do that, it's like, well, then, you know, maybe you haven't suffered enough. Maybe you haven't ever been genuinely hungry, uh, starving, or just desperate, just tread upon endlessly. Uh, and, 
while I haven't, you can't say I've had a horrendous life or anything like that, there have been there, you know, definitely moments that, you know, personal moments that I can feed upon and see, you know, uh, it pushed a little farther or something that, you know, I might have wound up in jail or, or, or just done something really, really just regretful that could have changed the entire course of my life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and those little moments, those little little brushes, uh, uh, you know, it's part of your arsenal. You really do have to, to use that. And hopefully it's there to feed off of. Um, but, uh, you know, simple things like, like, like hatred and, and, and greed and, you know, all the deadly sins. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's all under the surface. You know, so the veneer of civilization is, is actually pretty thin <laughs> when you think about it. Hmm. So just so you folks know, I'm uh, seeing him in the flesh tomorrow because I'm doing a feature article about him. And now he's talking about all this evil stuff inside of you. So if I don't have a presence, like if nobody sees me in Syracuse on Friday, it's probably because we went out last night and Killer Boy here decided to act on his instincts on the inside. That's creepy. Ew. Yuck. I'm just totally not feeling this anymore. Yay. Um. You know I'm right. Little reservation. Yeah, well, okay. There's no mobster inside of me, although I will admit I have slapped a person once or twice in my life without acting. Um, But, no, I totally get that, and I think we all understand that as well. Now, explain this other comment. Um, You love to show up last, and I think I get the inference as to what that means, but I found that to be an interesting quote, which I will use in the article. Um, Explain what that means, and second of all, you seem to be an actor who literally, unlike most actors, because those of us who envision an actor who's successful is always in front of the light. They're in front of the carpet. They're in front of the this, that. But yet you tend to kind of gravitate away from that um, and, and not so much attention on you. Why is that? You're an atypical Absolutely. actor. Uh, yeah, well, um, I, I just think that, um, uh, you know, that's why I was slightly reluctant uh, uh, to do the show because uh, I tend to like to hide behind uh, uh, my characters. Um, of course, you know, like a typical actor, once once you wind me up, uh, you can't shut me, shut me up. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's um, it, it's uh, uh, I, I think uh, it's funny because uh, in high school I had, I had a real old time teacher who used to it was this thing he used to always tell the class sort of his little view on life, and he, he always used to say, "And late bloomers, I don't believe in them." Nope. And uh, uh, over the years, I've really learned to just uh, embrace the fact that I am a late bloomer. I am, uh, I am the guy that likes to show up last. And uh, because that is such a great uh, opportunity uh, to just to go for it, knock their socks off. And, and for when people like Nick, Nick actually uh, said this to me uh, for uh, the film in your festival. Uh, I was the last to come in, and they basically said to the effect of, oh, you know, we've been waiting all day for this. Uh, you're the first guy to really get it. Or uh, it is so tremendously lovely when that happens, and uh, you've shown them something that nobody else has in the last five six hours, and that part is just right there in your hand, like putty. Can't be. Hmm. So you have more of an opportunity to, in a way, to be memorable. I think. He's memorable. Make no mistake. 
whether you show up first, whether you show up last, you are memorable. Um, let me uh, tell you folks. First of all, he tends to run within the film and the theater. Those are his two bigger mediums, obviously, kind of shine away a little more so away from television. Um, theater, obviously, you've done a number of different productions. The ones that stood out to me, as you mentioned, obviously, Kill a Mockingbird, but you've done Shakespeare before. So maybe that's one quality you can explain to me. You know, as a writer, I think everybody assumes that I'm supposed to understand Shakespeare, which I don't. In fact, I've tried to understand it for 30 years. So since you did it in the theater, do you have a good understanding? Can you explain it to me? Because seriously, I feel stupid <laughs> as a professional author. I just don't get it. I just don't get Shakespeare. It's too. It. It just. I just don't get it. Is it easier to play uh, out? Is that it? I'm. I'm the wrong person to ask because, as I like to say, I I, I enjoy playing Shakespeare. Uh, um, I'm a bit over the over the bar these days. Uh, but um, uh, it's more fun to play it than to be, than to watch. Um. Uh, I just, uh, and, and that's why I haven't been doing it for quite a while. I mean, because I right. don't think that that's really my, my path. Uh, I've done a number of them, and it, it's a big part. I love them, you know, uh, you know, your Ralph Richardson's, your Richard Burton's, all those, the greats, John Gilgood, uh, some of my favorite actors. But there are people, the new the current generation, that that's their thing. That's what they do. Um, and I just generally do not think that that's, um, I don't love it quite enough that uh, it's all encompassing, and I, I think my 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 opportunity, my greater opportunities, will come with other types of projects. So I don't oh, immerse myself I, in it. Yeah, I don't. And some people talk about theater in terms of that's their thing and such, and you can always tell. At least I'm coming to learn that you can tell those that prefer the theater versus obviously the big screen or little screen or whatever have you and such. And what's nice about New York City folks, coincidentally, is, is that they have Shakespeare in the park just like we do here in Wisconsin, which I think is awesome. Because who doesn't want to see Shakespeare in the park, especially like if it was Bryan Park, becoming my favorite place in the world, folks. So if you go to New York City, <gasps> I was there the other night, and all I could think about was why am I not on a carousel? Why do adults not get on that carousel and ride it? Because I'm all down for riding that carousel. I seriously am. I'm like, and I've been to Washington Park, and yeah, yeah. I like no, Washington you're right. Park, but yeah. Brian, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely different. Okay, so listen to this, folks. In the course of the, 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 the time that he has done his acting, the ones that stood out to me, and this fits his personality who's been listening to this show. So obviously, Gil, we talked about with Charles Ho. He's played a Medicare fraudster, an Army sergeant, a maniacal gangster, a factory worker, jazz trumpeteer, mathematician. The mathematician was another stretch. I was like, could you picture nerdy Michael as a mathematician? I'm like, no. Italian gangster, yes. Cop, yes. Army sergeant, yes. Mathematician, no. I just, I can't, or a factory worker, I'm like, okay. And even the jazz thing I could see. But Mathematician, it's called the Nothing Plane. Um, how'd you get into that? It was back in 2004. Uh, did somebody tell you that I failed algebra? You seem to know something. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, that was an odd, very uh, uh, long ago, very experimental kind of uh, uh, kind of a movie shot on uh, 16 millimeter. You know, which nobody does anymore. Um, yeah, the works of Gene Noche, philosopher slash mathematician. Um, uh, I, I don't understand the movie. <laughs> it, it was uh, presented to me and, and to the lead actor as kind of a straight-up relationship type of a film. 
And then all of a sudden, um, and it had a pretty pretty good festival run back then, but uh, all of a sudden I see, I see the final edit, and I had no idea. They turned it into this kind of silent, uh, um, um, really avant-garde, uh, theoretical kind of, a, kind of a film. Uh, I'll have to get a copy of it at some point because it really is uh, uh, different. <laughs> oh, you betcha. Um, and, 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 and just listen to this. Okay, so you've got the nothing plane, and then he's got cigarette soup. Just that name alone, I'm like, cigarette soup, Charlto, um, drawing with chalk, in the pocket. I'm like, listen to all this stuff. In the pocket is relative, you know, but I'm like, some of these names, you have to talk about pickings because, well, that character disturbs me. He is a maniacal gangster. He's so mean. I'm like, oh, my God. Please note to self, don't go out anywhere to a bar with Michael because he ends up like that's going to get all crazy. Talk about kickings because what I like about that film is the filming itself, and please help me with the terminology of what type of film that is. Do you know what I mean? Where you're trans, you look two different ways on screen. Sorry, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, what, sure. what do they call uh, that? Um, uh, kind of a chameleon effect, I guess. Um, um, yeah, I think I, there's I think a technical a, term. Oh, I, but I don't know uh, it. <laughs> Uh, offhand, but uh, uh, yeah, I just think you know if, if you're li- living uh, and again, if you've done your homework and you're kind of living the character, I think some of that does physically manifest itself. Um, uh, you know, whatever being uh, uh, cinematic uh, uh, really is. Uh, you know, you know, as uh, Captain Hepburn went on about, uh, you know, either you've got it or you don't. Uh, if the camera loves you or it doesn't. Or it does right. something for you, you know. That's uh, um, of interest. I'm not saying that, you know, I, that that's me uh, absolutely. I just think some people seem to think so. So, um, and and that's terrific. I just love when when people see some sort of a real uh, chameleon-like change, and not just uh, oh, yeah. words that I, I don't typically use, you know. Oh yeah. But, uh, that, and of that, course, that, I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I, I was just saying that that, that really is just the case of, uh, uh, again, back to uh, me and old Michael, uh, that really is the case of just, just understanding that, that the character, uh, my character and, and his sidekick, uh, and we just really went for it, since that these are guys that, you know, they're not just about shaking down a bar and, uh, you know, getting money. They enjoy the full team, pushing their weight around, uh, scaring the shit out of some uh, 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 poor late-night bartender, you know. Uh, they, oh, yeah. you know, they get in, you know, their highest kites and, uh, they just, you know, they're, they're, they're real sick people, uh, but they, they know what they're about and, and it just really tunes them up. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, most of us, uh, most of us are not so aware of what makes them happy in life, but these guys are. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Make no mistake. It's a delightful. If you want to see him dress nicely with a nice fedora, I would suggest watching that. But, no, there is an actual story to it, obviously. But, yeah, so that one. And then, of course, the Army Sergeant. And what I find interesting is is going through your reels legitimately, unless I'm missing something, it almost seems as though he has a wonderful mix of comedy and drama, protagonists, antagonists. It all weighs out very, very nicely. Was that done purposely, meaning are you purposely evening out so you want to have a career of I've done all these different mediums. So, of course, it begs to ask the question, would you do a horror or would you do an, you know, something just very, very out of the realm of what you're focusing on right now? 
Yeah, well, you, you uh, hinted at it um, in, in reading off my characters. That's how I put them on my resume. I mean, I, I also, in parentheses, I put lead or supporting role or whatever it might be. Uh, but right. I want to put down that, uh, you know, I'm an Army sergeant or I'm a gangster, this and that. I want people to look at my resume and say, oh, what's a little this, a little that. He does a lot of stuff, you know. I want, uh, I, I am, a, a, you know, a, just a real character actor. I would never, uh, um, it would never work for me, and I would never want to be just a little straight-up lead male. It's not my thing. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, that, that's what keeps me going, and just that, that variety. Uh, and he has quite the variety, as you can see here, various various different things. And he has just as many upcoming things as he does on the current resume, I might add. Now, um, I know that picking oh, sorry, and figure super now. I'm sorry, you mentioned horror, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, I've actually got a, a horror movie coming up uh, in uh, um, the end of October and uh, into November. Um, uh, it's with the same people that I made the sci-fi movie with, and yet again, they want to put me in two different roles. Uh, an <laughs> anthology, so I'm going to be in two different pieces. How exciting is that? Oh, my God. I'm, I, now, that's the, that's the Monster Mash, which I was going to mention. That's a horror anthology. Um and that's shooting next month, right? October, November? Yes, exactly. Okay, so exactly. obviously, see, he's delving into that. What I found interesting about this, and so, of course, if you the pickings that we were talking about with Mr. Bad Guy here is obviously on video on demand. So is Cigarette Soup. So you can see him actually be a good guy, not a bad guy, which I always prefer to look at. In fact, when I watch his reel, I always go back to the comedic reel because I'm like, it's just too dark. <laughs> like, I don't want to see the villain part because it's already freaked me out. He's killed people, folks. Just so you know, okay? And he wasn't nice about it either. He was just very cutthroat. So, again, if I'm not there Friday, throwing that out there. Anyway, so if you want to check out some good cinema, obviously video on demand for both of those, which is Pickings and, and Cigarette Soup, Monster Mash, which I find so funny because the minute I saw that, all I could think about was Halloween, which, by the way, we all know is my favorite time of year. Thank you so much. Um mm-hmm. You you also have something else coming, uh, which Michelle obviously would be very impressed with, a, a feature about domestic violence called Miranda. Um, that's got to be tough because I know that there's a mention, of course, a, about an abusive men support group, et cetera, and the whole thing with domestic violence is really tough. What gravitated you to participate in a project like that? Well, I, I went to uh, when I when I uh, made the plunge to get back into uh, the business. Uh, uh, I took a start off with with a proper acting class, and uh, the the filmmaker uh, was in the class with me, uh, and we have been uh, you know occasionally working on this and that together ever since. Um, nice. By the name of Kent, Kent Sutton, uh, mm-hmm. really passionate about these sort of projects, um, and uh, you know he's getting a, a um, he originally shot as a short, and now he's in the middle of making the feature. Um, and yeah, I'm just really, uh, uh, you know, delighted uh, that he keeps calling me back and, um, you know, he, he, he likes to, he likes to pick these sort of, uh, strong supporting roles for me. This, uh, you know, I'm sort of a hired gun, you know, so there I'm playing the mm-hmm. key speaker at the support group who the lead is coming to his very first meeting. And, uh, through me, you see really just the, uh, the, uh, uh the, the mental consequences, uh, the man goes through in realizing what he's done. And, uh, you know, when, when, when the blinders are off and you see what kind of a person you become, um, a normal man who never thought he would wind up like that, um, and destroy his own family. So, 
Uh, it's a lot, sure. a lot of punch to it, you know, a lot of punch, and that's one of those roles you okay. really have to deliver the goods. You betcha. And, of course, Damage, which our mutual friend Jim Walsh is in. Big shout-out to yes. Jim Walsh when I get to meet as of yet. Okay, so I know Damage is about to start the festival circuit. Now, I know there was some confusion, so can or can I not say, have we confirmed yet? Because I want to say the 26th, the film is screening at the atrium, or am I mistaken? Uh, no, that's right. That's right. Um, Eight o'clock at the atrium yeah. on the twenty sixth. Yes, go watch this film. I haven't even seen this film, by the way. But this is another one where he may or may not be a little naughty. I'm not going to lie, folks. I'm like, hey, it might be a little dark in this one. If memory serves me correct, if memory does serve me correct. Why does he have to play these bad guys? He's such a nice guy, and he's playing these bad guys are killing me. Um, and the scene, I, the scene bit. I sent you was not the scene I sent you was not the darkest one either. <laughs> Okay, again, maybe I'm going to leave a note in the freezer when I get on the plane to New York because now I'm really starting to wonder. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap this bad boy up and lose this phone number. Um, so on the flip side, uh, he's actually going to uh, have a new web series, which um, is a first. I haven't seen on your um, entire list here. Uh, Flyering is the name of it. He's literally just wrapped it, which is a web series, of course, which a lot of you actors can relate to, which is literally just doing survival job after survival job to get by between gigs. Ironically, his name is Dick in the film. Hmm. Is they have a brain in that film? <laughs> Was there a brain in that film? Because there's going to be a... Yes, we're saying hi to you, Brain, on air, live, all the way from the radio station. Um, so, Flyering, um, obviously just got wrapped. I'm going to guess that going to be available. Any idea, any thoughts, any time frame? Uh, probably, uh, I'm going to say uh, by Christmas time, Thanksgiving, around the holidays, uh, probably. Oh, nice. Uh, for okay. the first season. Um, you bet. Yeah, maybe if they give me a second role, maybe I can be Brain the second time around. Shout out brain, you're going to be famous. And you'd have to be 22. Nope. And I'll try. I'll yeah, try. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure. No. Yeah, please don't say it again. Uh, okay, so that leaves Equal Standard, which is, of course, an ice tea feature, which is so cool. I mean, um, Equal Standard... Uh, the thing about that was, and I saw your note about, of course, one of the one of the gentlemen on there was a was a regular on Empire, correct? The yes, the regular yes. show. How cool is that? Yes. Um, he was he, well, he was because, uh, uh, in my platoon uh, when I did the war film. So uh, he's he's going up, up, up. Gotcha. Okay, and that is that available? If I want to go watch that today or tomorrow, or if all of us want to go and watch it today or tomorrow, can we find that? Oh, that's. E, uh, equal standard is still in the post-production. So we'll, got we'll it. See what okay, so we're still that. waiting on that one, obviously. Damage, of course, yes. see, if you got that, folks, damage, you're going to have to go out to the film festival circuit. And, of course, if you just Google it and look up the damage, you'll be able to find that. Serious Laundry, he sent me this, and I went and I watched the teaser trailer, and I just couldn't help myself. It's so – it's just so – Tell the folks what Serious Laundry is about. It's 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 definitely got heart, and it's definitely got a lot of – Quirk. That's what I call it. Yeah. Quirk. Yeah. It's quirky, but it's cute. How about that? Let's let's go with that. It's quirky and cute. Yeah, it, it, it's viewed as a romantic comedy adventure, um, and it, it's uh, what this guy uh, accomplished uh, uh, on the budget he did is this full uh, uh, by the name of Ken Webb, uh, professional editor, uh, um, number of years. Uh, um, uh, this is his first feature film. He did a couple of very successful short films. 
earlier. But uh, uh, yeah, just a real uh, um, and, and and he waited four, fourteen years uh, to make this movie. Um, the technology uh, finally enabled him uh, um, to self-produce it, um, and uh, whereas he wasn't able to do that for a long, long time. Um, uh, and it just came up. He won a, a Renaissance Award uh, for the Fort Lauderdale Film Festival. Uh, just because he wore so many hats, uh, so many different hats uh, uh, to get the movie made. Um, uh, the crew, every, every, it, you know, just really, really inspiring. Uh, you can get your movie done, uh, um, it, 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 you know, if you don't mind, uh, you know, losing all your hair and maxing out all your credit cards. It can be done. <laughs> and begging and getting favors and wondering if your cast is going to kill you. Oh, sorry. I mm-hmm. didn't mean to mention that. Um, and then yeah. we have um, the other thing being, of course, Fall Fever. Uh, that sounds... Uh, I, is it Siri Lonkin? It's a Siri Lonkin divorcee. Um, is uh, that uh, what Shiri I was Lonkin. referencing here? I was reading it. Siri Lonkin. Uh, okay. Siri not... Lonkin, yes. And you play what character in this? I play... Uh, uh, it, it depends on where we... You know, it's a little, a little up in the air. It depends on where we film it. If it's over there... Uh, in Sri Lanka, then I'll, I'll be an expat. Um, but I am basically the uh, uh, um, sort of the, the heavy in, in this love triangle uh, with this uh, Sri Lankan uh, immigrant slash divorcee. Um, uh, and um, uh, she's also having an affair with uh, a, a young fellow who can, could be, is old enough to be her son. So it gets... Uh, and Sri Lanka is a very sort of a conservative uh, uh, country. So um, uh-huh. You know, it, it sort of begs those questions about the propriety, and here, you know, here's a woman that did everything traditional and, and proper, and wound up divorced and miserable, and so now she's really going the other way, and that's not making her happy either. So, um, hmm. you know, it says something about the human condition, I think, and so that we're never oh, really no, happy no. No, matter, no matter what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that one. Now that brings us to, so there's this project, folks, which you've heard about 75 times called 100 Looks of Love. And now I'm going to put him directly on the spot because as I understand it, he's being cast in this movie. In fact, he does have a role. And truth be told, um, I'm going to let him explain to you the premise of 100 Looks of Love. Oh, gosh. it's. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I would say it's this real cinema verite, just, uh, um, just these brief little vignettes of just how how we as human beings express love, and in many 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 variations, um, not just uh, physical love or or you know between a man and a woman or uh, anything like that. I mean, there's there's uncountable ways of expressing it, and uh, our job is to bring that briefly to life uh, in in certain yeah. select select ways. And yeah, uh, exactly correct. And Cindy's uh uh. uh I, I can share the little little of the conceit with, uh, with the audience, right? Cindy's imagery yeah. for it is, is that it, these two strangers meet uh, in a New York City street in the rain and somehow <laughs> <laughs> begin an impromptu dance in the street in the rain. So. Yeah, that's that's simplifying it, of course, because Michael and I um, are sharing the, the screen together and, and we are one of the leads in this and, and one of the fundamental couples in the course of this. I don't know if you know that or not, but yes, that we're one of the fundamental couples. And, 
Yes, and that stems from, in case you guys didn't know, when I was young, I think I've talked about this, I've always dreamt of dancing in the rain, and, and I've seen it happen in New York City, which is why I picked a New Yorker. There was a couple who was dancing in the city very slowly, and it was very intimate, it was very sweet, and it was promulgated upon something that happened prior to this. So, you know, when you talk about intimacy, that's, that's very, very intimate. Michael's come up with a very nice setup for um, how we're going to do this. This is all improvisational for the most part. And I'm very... um. I'm very pleased and I'm very grateful that you said yes and I am petrified, folks, and I think I've said that when he's not on the show. <laughs> I keep saying, I've got these scenes of this actor and I don't know how to act and I'm going to suck at it. So <laughs> what if I can't do this? So if you're listening in and there's 63,000 of you, you better start doing the rain dance because when I get to New York, if it doesn't rain, they're willing to throw water on me. That's not pretty. Okay. Okay, so we're not doing that. So we need to make sure that the whole rain dance thing is happening here because, yeah. Um, we need rain. So, yes, 100 Looks of Love. And just so you folks know, so the, the current schedule is that we would film in October and make sure that it gets out before Christmas time because it's going to be on my network and cruise line and an airline and all sorts of places. I'm so excited about this film. And I'm very, very grateful that you're taking time out of your busy schedule to do this. The only other project that I wanted to ask about was you had a notation about Operation Kelly in Incarnate. Does this ring about? Oh, no, I, I didn't. Oh no, that's that's uh, on my uh, credits, I think. But uh, that's in yeah. the complete limbo, uh, which oh, happens okay. at times. You know, you just uh, you get cast in something, and then uh, you know, hello, hello, is there anybody there? Um, and it's the usual list. It's, you know, for actors, it's, it's just call me, call me when you have funding, when you have this. That, that's the beautiful thing about not not uh, being on the production end of it. Uh, you don't have to worry about any of that, and just tell me when to show up and when to be prepared, and that's that's all I care about. Um, yes, so. I understand. I do. So look at that. So that brings us to the business part of this interview because Michael's heard my show, so he knows what's coming now. Um, so I want to remind everybody, first and foremost, that when this, act, when this actor, when this interview gets finished, it becomes archived. So within about two hours, I'll have a link, which I'll send to you, of course, and I'll post up. And then, of course, obviously, it gets uploaded to YouTube so that everybody can go ahead and listen into it. Um, I'm going to list off the ways where people can find you. And when I get done, just let me know if I have um, missed anything, if you would. Um, his name is Michael, and he spells his last name G-E-N-T-I-L-E. And just as a side note, the first couple of times I met him, I kept calling him Michael Gentile for some reason. I just could not get your name right. I was like, yeah, I probably should stop mis- mispronouncing it because it doesn't oh, that's don't fine. pronounce that's your name one that of the, way. One of the standard choices. <laughs> it, it should actually be from the old country. It should be Gentile, but I think my granddad Gen- flipped it a little bit back in the day. Gentile. I like that. That's very cool. So he has a Facebook personal page that I like to say he's attentive to, but probably not. So if you actually want to check out a body of his work and get a hold of him, IMDB, YouTube, Vimeo, his actual website, which is www.michaelgentile.com. NET, and then, of course, video on demand. Um, any other places, because I know you're not going to do Instagram, you're not doing Twitter, any uh, Stage 32, I know you're on that as well. That's it? Mm-hmm. I am on the Instagram. I, I just started an account because I was trying to get in touch with a producer. Um, uh, oh. uh, but now I, now I have uh, all these people following me, but I haven't posted one single picture yet. So I guess I got to no, that's one more social media thing that I'm ignoring, but uh, I have to get on there and... Uh, participate uh but but um yeah. my website 
uh, MichaelGentfield.net. Yes. Uh, that I, that I have yes. uh, everything linked linked to Facebook and all of that. So um, yeah, you know, always nice to meet new 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 uh, new friends. Um, so yes, that's absolutely look. correct. So now you know what comes next. This is the part where I surprise you, <laughs> and then oh. I get to tell you what I think of you, because you've heard my show before, right? Yes. Yes. So. I got to thinking today because Michael and I have known each other a little while now, and I'm like, what could I possibly do to surprise him? Well, some of these surprises he already knows about and two of these surprises he doesn't know about. And first of all, just so you guys know, on the 100 Looks of Love front, I'm so excited because Michael and I share uh, many similarities, but one is the other night I just found out he can really kick my ass in video games. Not Galaga, by the way, because we didn't get to that. But I'm just saying he can kick my butt in video games. So how cool is this that we get to film in an actual shop that has actual old-school video games? How cool is that? I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I can't stand it. Super, super excited about that. So that's just a side note. Um, Well, you know what? It's fun. And who doesn't want to play old-school video games? That's, like, so awesome. It's like going back to your childhood. Thank you. Okay, so we have various different things. Obviously, on the Charles Holt front, you already know that um, clearly Michael is being featured in an article written by me. And as you all know, I write for various publications, and so, of course, that will be put into various different places. What Michael doesn't know is that I'm very lucky to know lots of people all over the place. And sometimes when I vouch for someone and I like them, I like to see them get as much exposure as possible. So he will be very happy to hear that there is a very large noteworthy publication that is also going to do a feature on him, and that's not me writing it. It's someone else, but it's an actor's magazine, and I'm so excited because that means we get to highlight his his actor abilities in a much bigger form. I'm just so excited about this. It's so cool to be able to go out and say, hey, I've got this person that I know, and you should feature him because his work is so fantabulous, and so I'm like, okay. And that magazine would be Filmmaker Magazine. That's a big oh, one. Oh, gosh. I love that, that one. Weird. That's That that's is big. very surprising. That's wow. That's number one. And we're not done yet, folks. We're giving away the house right now. Okay, so number one, we have the filmmaker magazine thing. Number two, because he's in Charles Ho, obviously not only does he get the feature article along with this interview, but of course Charles Ho itself, the movie, is going to be streaming on my independent network, which we all know is Sin TV, which will be for December, so right around the end of the year. Obviously, of course, I'm doing a formal review, which you folks will all be able to purchase in a catalog like we did last year for the reviews, as well as be able to see online as well. In addition to that, I think I might have mentioned this, and hopefully... As I might have mentioned to you, Michael, or maybe not, Mr. John Gallagher, our mutual friend, um, is my mentor and my muse and, and someone I look up to more than I can tell you. And I think I might have mentioned to you that I wrote a character for you. So in a perfect world, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand this character over to one of the best directors in New York City and beg and plead with him until he says, yes, I'm going to put Michael in a movie and I'm going to bring to life a character you wrote for him. So now not only have I given you a character in my movie, but I've now given you a character with someone that I call my own family. So it's a very big deal for me. So um, there's that. Um, uh, and in addition to which, <laughs> well, you know, I like to surprise people when they come on my show, you know. So there's you that. Know, and then there's one other surprise, but that hasn't come through yet. So you just have to wait and see. You know, Cindy, you, you, you're, you are a, a combination of uh, Santa Claus and Richard Dawson today. <laughs> Ouch. I was so hoping that he was going to say, like, you're such a combination of, like, Sandra Bullock and, you know what I mean? Somebody smart and talented. 
Yeah, but Sandra doesn't I'll give anything it. to anybody. <laughs> the last time Sandra gave, so many presents away. I like Santa. <laughs> so, so yes. Yeah. So those are all these various different surprises that you have coming. But but the big one was I was so excited about the magazine. I'm so excited to do the feature article about you. I'm so excited to have this beautiful, this character is just so, I just can't even, there's just, you know, it's just you. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's you. Oh, and I forgot to ask a magical question. Before I get to tell you what I think of you, the question changed because I used to ask everybody if they had Michael Madsen's phone number because I was on Mad Hunt to get to Michael Madsen, but then I finally got to him. So today's question is, because I know you're going to have this cell phone number because you like me and you know that she's my number one interview, you're going to give me Sherrod's phone number and then I can call her up and have her on the show. You're still not going to let me down right now. Oh, Please so don't let number? me down right now. <laughs> Cher's number. number. You have Cher's number, right? You know, oh, Cher. Cher. Like, Cher. Oh, like the Cher. I can't ask for Michael Madsen anymore because I got it. So I'm like, I kept asking everybody as, as the tongue-in-cheek, I know you've got Michael Madsen's number. And then I finally got I it. Do. Well, see, I, you have Cher's? I do have, Cher, I do have Cher's number, but it's from back in the day, and it's on a torn uh, empty cigarette pack. Yeah, I never really Yeah, okay. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much. Okay, so before I get to tell you what I think of you, someone suggested the other day, and this is true, everyone has always said that the signature thing at the end of my show is always doing the business, doing the surprise, and then telling you what I think of you. But someone pointed out to me that I never ask any of my guests what they think of me. <laughs> so... Uh. I guess here's your 30 seconds if you want to share what you think of me. I mean, it's kind of weird because I'm like, I've never asked anyone this, but if you have any thoughts, well, feel free to share them before I go away. <laughs> well, let me, let, me, let me start with defending my, uh, my uh, Richard uh, Dawson remark. Uh, by that, it's, a tribute, it's a tribute to your, 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 your showmanship uh, and your, your, your presentation, uh, just your overall uh, uh, Ability as, as an entertainer, uh, which is really, really incredible, and it's inspiring. And uh, you know, Santa Claus, of course, just uh, your generosity. Uh, I mean, you really, you know, just in reading your uh, some of your reviews, um, uh, your, you know, in print, um, you know, you just I see that you really love film. You love the people involved in it. I mean, you just care about about the whole industry. And and there's, you know, it, it needs more of that, more people like you, because. You're just an absolutely lovely person, um, and uh, very, 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 very uh, giving and generous, and and and, and lighthearted. And uh, there really is not enough of that uh, to go around. Uh, but thank you so much, Cindy. It's it's just been an incredible getting to know you, and uh, speaking to you. And I mean, I, I just glanced at the clock. I can't believe an hour and a half has passed. Uh, this happens that's, all the time. People are like, I can't even believe that we're on there. But it seems like five minutes, though, doesn't it? That's what everybody says. Yeah. Like, it really doesn't seem like it's, I hope it doesn't seem like it's daunting or anything. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Is, uh, you're, you're a talent uh, as uh, not just a journalist, but also as an entertainer. I mean, uh, you know, these um, these things don't just happen. Um, you know, the um, just having an ease of conversation, it's, it's, it's a real gift. And uh, you certainly have it in state. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Now I know why. <laughs> now when I do this to people, now I know they don't know what to say. That, that's very overwhelming. Thank you. All right. Well, here it is. I get to tell you what I think of you. 
I think you're going to kill me. Just kidding. Um, the reason I do this, folks, in case you're first, your first listening in today, the reason you like that, the reason I do this is because most of you oftentimes don't get an opportunity to do what I do. And in this particular case, I have an opportunity to have met Michael on a bunch of different occasions. So I'm going to give you a little hindsight and insight into why it is that you should support him, his projects, and um, his career and his future, frankly, and not just because he's in my film. So uh, here we go. I met Michael, actually, um, through the film festival, as I might have mentioned. Uh, his nomination came in, and I took it upon myself randomly. He wasn't even my Facebook friend. I sent him a private message, which took about, oh, I don't know, eight weeks for him to answer. And I said to him, you know, I really admired your abilities, and I enjoyed your character in Charles Ho. And I said, I really think that was lovely. And so he messaged me back, and, and I said, guess what? You're coming to my festival. And um we got to know one another with any form of, you know, how, how two people get to know each other without any sort of uh, professional nonsense, so to speak, meaning that he isn't your traditional actor that was knocking on my door and saying, hey, I hear you're doing two films and I want to get a part in this. No, no, no. In fact, we, I got to know Michael as Michael, and he actually came to my birthday, and that started off and spiraled us into um, the personal side of things, and now here we are on the professional side of things. And so this is what I know about this man um, in doing this for almost eight years. There is something that they call collective creative comfort, that of which is the number one quality that I have as a man on the other end of this phone. I've created a beautiful piece that I'm petrified about doing, and he makes me believe all of the time that it can be good and it can be wonderful and it can be refreshing and um, revitalizing for the soul. Why? First of all, because he said yes and he agreed to be part of it. Uh, one of the reasons that I put him in a lead with myself was I knew that I was petrified to act alongside someone. But make no mistake that when he stands in a room or when he stands next to me or when he speaks to me and he speaks to others, he gives them a sense of general comfort and, and just genuine championing for who they are and what they do. He makes you believe that you can do anything. He makes you laugh. He makes you smile. He makes you giggle, for God's sake. His on-screen performances, when I have watched an array, the number one thing that I take away from him is that I don't want to stop watching him. He's mesmerizing. He's memorable. He's magical. He makes you love him, hate him, want to slap him, want to sneak him, want to choke him, want to laugh with him, want to cry with him. You want more of him. It's always been said about some of the best actors that exist that the number one reason that they have longevity is because people keep asking for them. Directors keep asking for Michael. People keep asking about him. His fellow actors have a great respect and a great rapport with him. The people that want to cast him have a great adoration for the sort of thing he does. And most importantly, as we all know if you listen to my show, humility, humanity, and humble. Huge, huge, huge in my book. He is very humble. He is almost too humble. He doesn't recognize how remarkable he is. And most importantly, I'm not going to lie, the guy is not ugly, which doesn't hurt either. So when you get to stand around and you get to talk with and you get to do talent with someone this incredible, all you can say is, hot damn, how lucky am I that I picked such a terrific guy to be in the presence of. So thank you for your contribution to my festival. Thank you for doing such accelerated to work to where I wanted to engage your services and other people do. You really are an award winner all year round, and you are an exceptional person, and I'm so very lucky to know you. That's what I think of you. Oh, my God, that is uh, 
think my my parents didn't pop uh, what you just said. That is absolutely uh, probably the most lovely thing I've said. Uh, and what can I say? Uh, can't wait for it to start raining. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Well, then you got to do this all over again tomorrow. Yeah, folks, we have to do another interview tomorrow. <laughs> So I'm glad that we got it in. I'm glad we got it all squared away because we had to get it squared away because my kids have a dental appointment, and i got to get on a plane. And you, by the way, have to get off of here so you can call me sometime today and we can coordinate photo shooting for the article. Ah, yes. Yes, On to to, uh, newer and better things, right? Well, yes, that's exactly right. So I just, I, I just, again, I cannot, I, I just can't, I cannot thank you enough for your contribution. I can't. Thank you. Thank you for giving me all this time, too. Uh, likewise, honored to be a part of it. And Thank you. We go. Well, awesome. That sounds great. I'll talk to you in a little while. I'll let you off the hook. I'll finish up my show, and we'll talk soon. And I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Ciao for now. All right, dear. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So there he is, Michael Gentile. Again, one more time, in case you want to find him, he has a personal page on Facebook, IMDB. He is on YouTube. He is on Vimeo. The website itself is michaelgentile.net. If you go onto Video Demand, again, the two different ones that I mentioned were Pickings and, of course, Cigarette Soup. If you type those in, you should be able to find them, as well as Stage 32. And, of course, his Instagram. We don't want to mention that because why? I don't even think it's set up. It's kind of what I'm getting from him. So please go ahead and check him out. Again, Michael, thank you so much. Again, John Gallagher, if you're listening. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. I am going to see you soon. If you're not listening, hopefully you'll listen later. Um, Before I wrap up really quickly, that ends my week for this week. I just want to do the rundown for the following week. I will be on air September 24th, 25th, and 26th. 24th is uh, Matthew Solomon at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time, who is an author. We all know how much I like to support my indies. September 25th is uh, Maria McCann, who is with Mary's Place by the Sea, which is a nonprofit in New York City, and that's 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. And September 26th, independent filmmakers from the Nashville Film Festival are coming on. No postage necessary, both filmmakers and musicians. That's 1 o'clock Central Standard Time on the 26th. I cannot thank all of you enough, meaning my list audience, those of us who have uh, given me support recently. We all know I'm not in the best mood or in the best frame right now, but I'm doing the best I can. So thanks to all of you for all of your love. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for supporting me. Thanks. Just thanks. 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 And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. I am now off the air, getting ready to run and pack up for another trip. We'll talk to you guys next week. Take care.